Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Krauss explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds. Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. Today, I'm excited to welcome back Dr. Devin Gimbel, and she is a pathologist in Boston who has a special passion for using credit cards to make her life just a little bit more fantastic. And lucky for us, she loves to share her hobby with everyone else. So I have invited her back on the show. She was here with us in October, and we had such an amazing response to her that I knew you guys would be excited to have her back. So welcome, Devin. I'm glad to have you back on the show. Thank you so much for having me for the first time and now for the second time. Like you said, I love talking about credit cards and <laughs> and I love talking about it, you know, with other working professionals in the medical field. So it is such an honor and a pleasure for me to be here today. I am fascinated by this. I think I told you this last time. There's so much to this entire hobby of yours. And I'm so much a newbie that I learn so much from you every time you're here. So I thought maybe today we could kind of talk about like the cost benefit analysis of using credit card points. So we kind of talked before the show about leveraging some of your normal expenses in order to get some benefits such as, you know, amazing trips. So I don't know. Where do you want to start? Yeah. You know, I think this idea about what is the cost benefit sort of ratio or analysis is a really important one because for people who are sort of interested in looking at getting into this hobby, rewards or points earning credit cards, there is a huge spectrum of them. So we're not talking about the options between one or two cards. I mean, there are literally, I did actually spend time counting this the other day. I think it's over a hundred <laughs> different points <laughs> and airline miles and, you know, hotel sort of points earning credit cards that are available. And obviously no one person, even me, who's, you know, really fanatical about this is going to go out and get a hundred different credit cards. But People who really do want to get into this hobby, it's not uncommon to see people carry, you know, five, 10, maybe even more different credit cards. But one of the things that I think can be really helpful when, especially if you're beginning and you're just thinking of getting your first points earning credit card or maybe having two different ones, is really kind of being aware of kind of what is your desired sort of ratio in terms of what are you going to have to put into this hobby in order to get things out of it? And one of the things you and I were talking about was specifically sort of the idea about cards that come with things like annual fees, you know, and is it ever worth it to get a credit card that can earn you points that you can then turn into, you know, something like travel if you have to pay an annual fee, you know, to hold the card? And I think that that's something that is a very personal decision. But one of the things I see people do kind of in the beginning of this points hobby is they kind of make blanket statements like I would never get a credit card, you know, that has an annual fee, but without really thinking about why that is or about thinking about the scenario in which it may actually make sense for them to do something like that. And so one of the things that I encourage people in my points community and when I'm working with people who are really looking to get into this hobby is instead of just having blanket statements about I would never have more than one credit card or I would never pay an annual fee for a credit card, is getting really clear on your personal priorities about, well, if it would ever make sense for you, what would that scenario look like? Or when might it make sense for you to consider that? And one of the things that you and I were chatting about is among these different rewards, credit cards, 
again, there's a huge spectrum of them. And there's also a spectrum of the sort of amount of annual fees that some of them charge. And so one of the things I encourage people to do when they're looking at potential cards that could be a good fit for them is when you see what the annual fee of a card is, not to just write it off entirely, not just to say, oh my gosh, you know, I, I would never pay X number of dollars a year to hold this card, but to get really curious about, well, what does this card offer me in terms of points earning ability or additional perks or benefits? And do I think that I would be able to get more in monetary value out of this card than what it's actually going to cost for me to carry it? And so that's kind of like an entry level kind of decision making point that I really encourage people you know, to think about and to look at if they are considering getting one or several of these types of points earning credit cards. So how would you go about doing that? Do you go to the credit card site and see you know, what they offer in exchange for, let's say, a $500 fee? I think that that's a great starting point. So when you go and exactly you go online, you know, and there are a couple of major credit card issuers, especially within this world of sort of points earning credit cards. And if you go to one of these websites, you know, like Chase offers a lot of different rewards credit cards or American Express or an airline specific credit card. You know, if you're someone who lives in a Delta hub and you're thinking, oh, maybe a Delta credit card would be useful for me. You go online and you can look at these individual credit card offers. And one of the things they will always tell you up front is what the annual fee is to hold the card, but then also the very specific sort of benefits and perks of that card. And so that's where I would start looking at what is a good match for you. Like I said, some people may really value an airline specific credit card that gives them things like priority boarding or free checked bags or you know, flight credits or discounts when it comes to making airline-specific purchases. And so if you're someone, again, who flies one particular airline on a regular basis, and you don't want to be paying to check a bag you know, every single time you fly, then I think it's very easy to start doing that math of comparing, you know, on average, do I tend to check more than $95 worth of bags you know, over the course of a year, if that would be the fee for this particular credit card? Or for a more sort of broad, you know, travel credit card that may have, you know, an annual fee of $300 a year. Yes, it's looking at what does this card offer me in terms of either statement credits for stores I already shop at, travel credits, you know, that I can apply against travel, or am I going to be able to earn enough points with this credit card given my pattern of spend that I know that I'm going to then turn around and use those points for way more value than the cost of carrying this card, you know, on an ongoing annual basis. Okay. And talking about, you know, annual expenses, you and I are talking before the show, we use our credit cards for, you know, the water bill and the electric bill, and that's normal. But you were kind of telling me about some more creative ways to use your credit card to get more dollars on there so you get more points. Yeah. And, you know, I'll take a step back and just sort of offer, you know, to, the, to everyone listening to this, just sort of a way that I think about my expenses and one of the reasons that I love credit cards so much. And I honestly love my expenses because of what they can do for me is that, you know, I think that for a long time, you know, especially when I was in my younger years and I was, you know, in medical training and, you know, I had a lot of student loan, <laughs> loan debt to pay off and all these sure. things, you know, at, at that point in my life, I think expenses were something that were very stressful and kind of scary to me because they only seemed like something heavy. And as I got, you know, more financial education, I learned more, you know, about investing and really kind of kind of where I wanted to go, you know, with my financial life. And I started to understand our money is so powerful in so many different ways. And I don't think that people talk as much about how valuable our expenses are as much as we talk about how valuable things like our investments are. And that does make sense to me. I'm not advocating people go out and just spend money that they don't <laughs> want to spend or they don't need to spend. But 
we're all spending a certain amount of money just to maintain our lives. Like you said, we have water bills, right? I mean, we have rent or we have a mortgage or we eat food. <laughs> you know, I mean, there are things that we're all going to spend money on. And so when you can see that those expenses are potentially assets in their ability to turn around and earn you credit card points or for those people who really love cashback cards, right, to be able to earn percentage cashback on your expenses, you can really begin to see them in a different light. And so, yes, I think there are that category of expenses that probably most of us are familiar with using our credit cards to pay for, where yeah, you go to a store and you swipe your card and you get the thing that you're buying for. And that's a great way to earn either cash back or to earn points on credit cards. And then when you get into this hobby, you realize there are also additional, what I consider to be enormous areas of opportunities to take expenses that I think most of us would not normally think about putting on a credit card, but you actually can. And in doing so, again, you can leverage those sort of single higher expense categories into enormous assets in the form of earning a lot of credit card points for them. And just one example of that is quarterly tax payments. You know, my husband and I are, we're both physicians, but we are also both business owners. And so we are very familiar paying quarterly estimated tax payments. And you can actually, if you want to pay quarterly tax payments online using a credit card, you will be charged a fee to do so. But this is an area where, again, if you understand how to do that cost-benefit analysis to the extent where you begin to understand how to get way more value out of your points than the cost of the fee that you have to pay in order to use a credit card to pay that expense, there's enormous opportunity in terms of the number of points that you can earn and what you can do with those points. And that's just one example of a type of, you know, sort of more single but higher expense that if you wanted to, you can actually pay by credit card. So... Can you give us an example? Let's just say you had a $50,000 quarterly tax payment. How could you use that to your benefit? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, if you have a $50,000 you know, tax payment and you want to pay that online using a credit card so you could leverage that and turn that into credit card points, one of the things to take into account is you know, what is the fee that's going to cost me in order to do that? And the fee varies, but the site that I use to pay my quarterly tax payments, it charges a 1.87% fee. So if we're going to put a $50,000 tax payment on a credit card and we're going to pay the fee for that, the fee comes out to about $935. And so if you're going to make this whole payment, including the fee on a credit card, one of the things that makes it, in my opinion, worth considering doing is if you have a credit card that earns you more than one point for every dollar you spend. And they're actually a decent number of really great both personal and business credit cards that offer you elevated bonus points. So more than one point for every dollar you spend. And one of the cards that I love to use for my estimated tax payments is a business credit card that actually gives me points at a return rate of 1.5 times points for every dollar I spend. So if I'm going to put that $50,000 tax payment on my credit card, what I'm actually going to get in return is around 76,000 points. And I think that number without any context probably makes no sense <laughs> for anybody whatsoever. Like, okay, so you get 76,000 points. What does that mean? Well, when you understand kind of how to get a lot of value from those points, 76,000 points can get you a one-way business class flight to Europe that otherwise could cost you four, five, six thousand $6,000. I've used 76,000 airline miles before to fly one-way business class from Chicago to Johannesburg for a flight that would otherwise cost around $7,500. And so this is when I, you know, when we're kind of referencing the same idea with the annual fees, which is 
if it's going to require that you pay an annual fee or if it's going to require that you pay a fee in order to use a credit card to make an expense, it's not that that is always necessarily a terrible thing or a bad thing or a great thing. It's, oh, how do you do that math to determine if that is a good exchange for you? And I will tell you personally, the reason it's a good exchange for me is that I will gladly pay $935 in fees if I know that for that exchange, I'm going to get enough points that's going to get me, you know, a one-way business class flight that's worth three, four, five times that amount. Now, that may not be the same for everyone, which is why I always encourage people to do this analysis, right? So you find where's your comfort zone, where, you know, what you're getting out of what you're paying potentially in an annual fee or a fee to use your card is always going to be greater than what you put in. And that's going to be a different answer for everyone. But this is kind of where I'm at, you know, right now with my decision-making process because of now what I know how to do with points. And so I I encourage people to at least be open and curious, you know, when it comes to thinking about credit cards and thinking about, well, maybe it's not such a terrible thing to consider one credit card that might have like a $95 annual fee. Maybe I'll dip my toe in the water and start there and see, you know, am I able to get a lot of value out of this card? You know, you don't have to start by going to the extreme end of having, you know, 20 different cards and putting everything, including, you know, things that cost fees on your card. But I do encourage people to just be open to the idea that this is, like I said, a cost benefit analysis where you can potentially stand to benefit enormously by having to input a little bit of cost up front. Are there any other large ticket items that come to mind when you're thinking about, you know, putting something on the card that you wouldn't normally yeah. think about to get these benefits yeah. back? So, you know, I'm in the phase of life where I have two young kids and I work with a lot of other physicians and physician families who also you know, have kids who are either in that, you know, sort of elementary, you know, middle high school range or kids who are in college. And I think for a lot of families that have kids, a big ticket expense for us can be tuition in some way, shape or form, whether it's daycare, you know, we're sending our kids to a religious affiliated school or sending our kids to college and paying tuition. And oftentimes schools or daycare centers will accept credit cards as payment for tuition and they may charge a fee to do so. Again, not that I think that it's always a good thing to do or never a good thing to do, but I think those are examples of sort of big ticket items where, again, if you do the math, it can make sense to earn points by putting those big ticket sort of expenses on a credit card. And another very unique one that does not work across the board for every single state, but something you know that I actually learned more about this year, and it happens to work for the state that I use is that it is possible, again, for some states to actually make 529 contributions into your kids' 529 plans using a credit card. And I happen to be just, I guess, lucky that I've already had my kids' 529 account set up for a few years. And so this did not go into my decision-making about the plan to choose, but I ended up the plan that I did choose. I can make my 529 contributions using a credit card, and there's actually no fee for me to do that. And so- You know, when you're thinking again about, well, what are my financial priorities? I think a lot of people sometimes think, well, because of my priorities, it's going to take away, you know, from something else that matters to me. Like I have to pick this or that. Right. And again, I'm prioritized my kids 529 accounts personally before I prioritize spending thousands or tens of thousands of dollars on travel. But to me, points is an opportunity where you don't actually have to say either or. Right. Like I can contribute to my five, my kids 529 accounts. I can earn enough points doing that that then I can turn those points into travel. Again, I know I say this all the time, but I think it's helpful to hear in different ways that for those, you know, listeners who are intrigued by this idea about what is this world of credit card points and travel, 
you know, for me, more than anything, it really has been an opportunity for me to be able to prioritize investing my money in my top priorities, but not having to sacrifice these personal experiences of being able to travel because I'm getting the points for a lot of those expenses and a lot of those investments. And so I just want to kind of open that door to some of your listeners who are interested in learning more that there is, again, just a tremendous opportunity sort of in this world of credit card points for for utilizing your expenses as assets and turning them into travel experiences. I love it. I think you told me that you cannot use a credit card to pay off another debt, such as a mortgage or a car payment, but could you use it for, say, a down payment if you were going to buy a car? Yeah, you sometimes can. And this kind of varies based from car dealership to car dealership. But when you go and if you're thinking about buying a car, many car dealerships will allow you to put the down payment, that initial payment for the car on a credit card. And oftentimes they'll have a limit. They'll say, you know, up to $5,000, you can do this. But those single, you know, one-time high payments, those are enormous opportunities, you know, to leverage that expense into being able to earn a really nice chunk of credit card points. And so I am always kind of constantly on the lookout for, you know, what is a new opportunity or an interesting opportunity to me to be able to turn, you know, especially these kind of single higher expenses into credit card points. And so unfortunately, no, you cannot use a credit card to um, to pay other types of debt. I wish we could use our credit cards to pay off our student loan debt. I think a lot of us would be swimming in hundreds of thousands of points if that were the case. So unfortunately, you cannot use a credit card to pay off student loan debt or to yeah pay off, you know, a car loan. And in very rare circumstances, you can use a credit card to pay a mortgage. But in general, you can't pay your mortgage using a credit card. So it's not that you can put every single expense under the sun on a credit card, but there are an awful lot of them that you can. Now, I understand you've actually designed a course to help people like me who just can't figure it out (laughs) to learn your hobby and benefit from all of these things. Yeah, so... One of the things that I kind of realized as I was talking to more physicians and, you know, more families about how to really do this thing, right, of turning their expenses into credit card points and then using those points for different types of travel experiences is that not everybody is quite as crazy about learning all the details about this as I am. But there are a lot of people who are really interested in the result, right? There are a lot of people who say, who have said to me, wow, if it didn't require that I took a lot of time to learn this, or if I just had a roadmap to follow, I would love to be able to do this thing. It's just that middle piece. Like from where I'm starting to actually being on an airplane, you know, having booked a flight using my points, the middle piece doesn't make any sense to me. And obviously I work with a lot of brilliant people, right? Like they can figure anything out, but I think it's more of a question of what do we have the time to figure out on our own? And I really made this course to collapse sort of that time that's required, the time, the effort that's required to take people from the place of really wanting to understand how this works so they can do it themselves, but without having to do that hard work of piecing it together from a thousand different sources. And so I created this online digital course. It's called Points Made Easy because it's my intention to make earning and using credit card points easy for a lot of working families. And it really is the roadmap. It distills down all the things that you need to know just about how points work into very small, concise lessons. We also walk you through that process of how do you pick the right credit cards for yourself, for the things that you tend to spend money on, especially in coordination with how you want to use your points. And we help you make a personalized plan for what are the credit cards that are going to work best for you? How do you earn points using those credit cards? And then once you're sitting on all those points, How do you actually use them and turn those points into a hotel stay or into a flight for you and your family? 
And honestly, my perspective is that when you're doing this in community, when you're doing this with other people and you have a lot of help and support along the way, then it's just fun. We try to take all the confusion and all the overwhelm out of this process. And so for anybody who, you know, is really interested in learning how to do this thing, but they want some support, they don't want to figure it out all on their own, please, you're welcome to join us inside of Points Made Easy. I love helping people make their travel dreams come true, especially if it means leveraging, again, like changing your relationship with your expenses so that you fall in love with them because they're able to send you to amazing places and give you and your family really amazing travel experiences. So where would you go to find the course? Yeah. So anyone who's interested in learning more about it, you can come to our website. The website is just pointmetofirstclass.com. Information about the course, as well as when we enroll and when we open it up for new students is all on that website. So if you want more information, you can come and find us over there. Okay. And then I understand you have a couple of different Facebook groups as well. Yeah, we do. So if you are a woman physician, a female physician, you are welcome to join us in our Facebook group. Both of our Facebook groups are publicly searchable. They should be very easy to find. The one that is specifically for female physicians is just called Point Me to First Class for Women Physicians. You can search for us, request to join, and then we'll have you in there. And then if you're anybody and everybody else, if you are a male physician, if you are a female dentist, a female lawyer, a female chiropractor, a male optometrist, whatever, all of the things, you are welcome to join us in our other Facebook group. And that group is called Point Me to First Class for entrepreneurs, business owners, and professionals. So no matter who you are, if you want to learn more, just dip your toe in the water. You don't ever have to sign up for a rewards credit card if you don't want to. But if you want to be in a group where this is what we talk about, we love teaching other people how to do it, please come join us in one of our free Facebook groups. Devin, thank you so much for coming back on the show. You're always such a wealth of information. It's my pleasure. Like I said, I could talk about points and credit cards for hours at a time. I will not do that to your listeners today, but it is always an absolute pleasure for me to come on. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you to everyone else who tuned in today, and I hope you'll tune in next week. <laughs>